the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Good afternoon, everyone. Here I am. We're live now. It's John DePietro at 12.06. Here I am. There you are. And we're all together. It is The Juan DePietro Show. Uh, on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at that website, depetro.com. Now, as we kick things off on this um, Thursday, I want to remind you, you want to be nice and healthy. I also want to say good afternoon. We have the live stream going with Facebook. So it's John DePetro show on Facebook. And boom, there I am. And you can be part of the live stream. And folks, those that have been uh, watching it, uh, as promised, Juan, we have been everywhere. We're doing our uh, spring Facebook Live sweeps where we go wherever there's breaking news. By the way, we will be out and about this Friday and Saturday night, both nights. Juan is out almost like in live PD fashion. Instead, it's Juan after dark. We will be out. Who needs television when you have the chosen Juan? wandering around town uh, covering all the news. But this portion of the program, folks, I want you to be nice and healthy. Pick up a bottle of, see this delicious acai berry? I have a special prize if someone will go out and get this in the next 24 to 48 hours. Acai berry. Juan, that sounds great, but tell me about it. I'd be happy to. First of all, you can you can uh, purchase a bottle at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, Akai Berry. Now, it's A-C-A-I-B-E-R-R-I, but it's also pronounced I-C-I-E, but I say it phonetically, so then you could find it. If I say, pick up a bottle of I-C-I-E, if someone told me, pick up a bottle of I-C-I-E, I would go to the grocery store and be looking at I-S-E-A-I-C-I, no, no, I-S-I-I-C-I-E. I-S-I-E. That's what I'd be looking for. Instead, it's a Kyberry. A-C-A-I-B-E-R-R-I. It's also available at Dave's in East Greenwich. Dave's Marketplace East Greenwich. Right there across from the Showcase Cinema. Now, this incredibly antioxidant, you just need a little bit each morning. Just a little bit. As Cheech and Chong used to say, just as Santa Claus has a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit. Cheech and Chong would be drinking a Kyberry. To stay nice and healthy, this incredible antioxidant, it replenishes the body. Santa Claus, have a little bit more, a little bit more, <laughs> just a little bit. You don't have to drink it. Someone said, one, I drank half the bottle. You don't have to drink half the bottle, Harry. Just a little bit each day gives you all you need. A Kai Berry. You can find them online. What other talk show talks about Cheech and Chai? Um, A-C-A-I, AkaiBerry.com, and also look for them. At It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. And also, remember, at Dave's in East Greenwich. Well, folks, good afternoon. Uh, here I am. It is Juan. It is 12.09 on this Wednesday. We have some guests coming up. We have some guests coming up. I want to um, direct you to the website, to Petro.com, which you hear me talk about. And you can listen live there. I have these people. Juan, where I live, I can't get you on my... Well, that's why we have it on the blanking website, Shirley. You can listen live on the website. We have people listening to that website in China, for crying out loud, all over the world. If they can listen in China, you can listen in Charlestown or Newport or Narragansett or Cranston or wherever you may be. You can listen that way. That's why we have it there. Uh, And then also you'll see we did cover the Green New Deal protest yesterday. And I am disgusted that this Green New Deal passed uh, where gas is going to be. Folks, they want to ban oil and gas. Uh, the price of gas will go to it's starting with $14 a gallon. And what they basically want to do is they want you to get rid of your car. Every house, this is going to cost billions. Companies will not move here. We have some guests we're going to talk about. It's uh, disgraceful. And I want to point out now on the Facebook page, I posted the name. He is the Senate minority leader, Dennis Algier. The guy gets a free pass. He operates below the radar, but he voted for it. And I'll also say I am very disappointed in Bob Rand Fenton Fung, a Republican that voted for. If you're voting, if you're on the same page as Aaron Ruggenberg and the progressives, you're you're on the wrong page. Right. It would be like, you know, if you're next to them and cheering. Yeah, that's right. Well, then you're you've taken a wrong turn. 
It's as simple as that. If they're for it, I'm against it. And you would be against it as well. So now we're going to talk to two people that voted against it coming up. But I mentioned the website. If you'd like to see the protest that we did cover yesterday, which we did, um, go to the website, petro.com. Then we also have that homeless camp in Pawtucket. And remember, <coughs> excuse me, folks, petro.com, which is brought to you by Freitas Construction. Now, this time of year, maybe you need someone for some deck staining. Or, you know what comes in handy? A handyman. Call Jamie. If you need a handyman... Maybe that useless son-in-law of yours keeps saying that he'll come over and fix something on a Saturday and never shows up. Call Jamie. He's a handyman who's very handy. 837-4545. You need a handyman. Handyman services paint. He'll also st- uh, deck stain. I, um, you can link right through at the website to petro.com or you can call him at 837-4545. But uh, I am dis- disgusted by this because this is not business friendly. And as I covered the protest yesterday, folks, and let me just say this, the protest people yesterday, the people that want the Green New Deal, the people that want to ban oil and gas, they want to ban really electricity. Who listing right now? You want to have a windmill outside your blanking home deciding whether or not you could even listen to the chosen one. We've already saw what happened in Texas when they moved all those windmills. Rhode Island has a lot of problems. We don't need this Green New Deal legislation. And I also noticed yesterday, if uh, if you watched, if you missed the protest, the Green New Deal protest that I covered, it, uh, the video of it is on the website, DePetro.com. You know, they also say AFL-CIO. What does that mean? That means the unions are going to take over all these climate jobs, these Green New Deal jobs. Uh, I've never heard of such a thing. You know, there's nothing wrong with oil. Uh, and not only that, you know, let's let's really be honest here. Is Rhode Island truly having impact? I mean, Rhode Island could be the test case in how you do all these things. But what makes matters worse, <coughs> excuse me, and we're going to speak with Representative Mike Chippendale coming up, folks. But what makes things worse is they basically are appointing a climate panel of unelected officials. And they'll be... The arbiters, the deciders, this is a progressive bill. It is not needed. You know, if anything, under President Trump, do do people really realize that over the past couple of years, not only was gas at an all-time low, do you want to pay $4 for gas? Do you want to pay $5 a gallon for gas? Not only was gas at an all-time low, but it suddenly, because of President Trump, we are no longer reliant on the Middle East. For our oil supply. Who remembers? You know, the whole thing with the Iran hostages. Why? We were held hostage by oil in the Middle East. We don't have that situation anymore. You know, because of under President Trump, they have found oil wells in Oklahoma, in Nebraska, different parts of the country that could basically, you know, they found an oil well in Oklahoma that has enough oil for the entire state of Oklahoma for the next 20 years. Do you want to get rid of that? The people that I saw yesterday are the same people at this protest. And they won yesterday. They got their bill passed. Now, everyone is saying now it's up to Governor McKee to to veto it. Well, I don't know about that. Um, is he really going to do that? So a demo, I'm just trying to be realistic, folks. Everyone call the governor's office. Call the go- Well, he's a Democrat. Last time I checked, the Speaker of the House is a Democrat. The Senate president's a Democrat. Uh, when you veto legislation, you can't do it all the time. They take it very, very seriously if you veto it. They could still override the veto, by the way. McKee's new. You want to avoid a veto situation if you can. I'll tell you that much they do. It's not as easy as people think it is. When he said, if they pass this moratorium on charter schools, I will veto that. That's a line in the sand moment. And I'm not convinced he needed to do that. Just so you understand, I know some people think that you always want to, you know, talk tough, but not Really, You don't want to really show your cards unless you have to. And I'm not convinced (coughs) that it made sense to do that. You can't do it all the time. 
you can't always make the threat that you're going to veto legislation. So I know some people think you do, but you don't do that. Not if you're an effective negotiator. If you're a parent, you, you, you can't always be threatening grounded for two weeks. Grounded, you, you can't always be threatening that. Or what happens? It doesn't mean anything. If you're the governor and you threaten to veto legislation, you want it to mean something. You want it to be, wow, this is, this is big time. He normally doesn't do it. I know that, uh, you know, remember the rule at the state house. Everything's a deal. No deal is too small. All they're looking to do is to cut deals. But I think it's actually unfair now to put this on Governor McKee. And I'll say this to, uh, we're going to speak with Representative Mike Chippendale coming up. But I I have a, I'm very disappointed. I haven't spoken to her with Barbara Ann Fenton Fung voted in favor of this. So she's on the same page as this like representative David Morales and Aaron Ruggenberg and all of these other people that are not, they don't have the best interest of people in Rhode Island. Um, hardly. These are the AOC. I, I'm very disappointed in that. And the same thing with that Senate minority leader, Dennis Algier. Now, if you want to, I called his office and they said, what's the message? I said, tell him to resign. Now, I know he's not going to. And he doesn't, he's not friendly with the media. That's a guy, we need heat on that guy. That Dennis Algier. And he just kind of likes to float under the radar. I think he needs a primary. I'll bet you we can find someone better in that area than him. He's had it for too long. Hey, listen, you're either with us or against us. That's the way I look at it. And if you're with AOC and Bernie Sanders and the squad, you're not with us. That much I know. Folks, I want to remind you about R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call Coogs today, 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Plumbing, heating, cooling. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Coogs says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Call R.E. Coogan and Heating today. Are you having a plumbing problem? Call them. Are you having a heating problem? Still chilly out. Call them. Are you having a cooling problem? Hey, Central Air. R.E. Coogan and Heating. 401-732-6562. They're also on Facebook. And then their website is recooganheating.com. Recooganheating.com. You know, it was so disappointing, uh, so disappointed about what happened yesterday was I want to hand it, and I'll, I'll save it for when we have him on, but I was following some of it in and out, and uh, they suddenly just, you know, said, let's have an end to this discussion. <laughs> and I want people to understand that the people that were arguing against this, it wasn't all Republicans. There were a lot of Democrats that voted against this Green New Deal, Rhode Island version climate bill. But what was very alarming to me, and I want to give them credit. I'll, I'll save it for when we have have them on. Um, they made a very, very strong argument. They made a very, very strong argument. This wasn't the whole, you know, it snows and um, it's cold in January. And they say, how's, you know, what about um, uh, climate change or uh, global warming and everything? It wasn't like that. It was, it was a well thought out battle of ideas, intelligent argument that they were making. And and I think they made I think they made the better argument. So let's get him on the line right now. Folks, he was um I give him a lot of credit. He was making a very strong case last night and unfortunately they came up on uh the short end of this thing. But let's uh get him on the line right now. He is one of the defenders for us up at that Rhode Island State House. And uh, and I thought last night that was one of the things that stuck out to me. Hello. Folks, there he is. Joining us right now is Representative Mike Chippendale. Good afternoon, Rep Chippendale. Good afternoon, John. How are you? Chip, uh, uh, Rep, excuse me, very well. I want to um, I want to give you credit because what I found most impressive about last night and your efforts and uh, Minority Leader Filippi and some others was, to me, was the intelligent argument that you made against it. This wasn't the business of Al 
Gore and global warming and blah, blah. This was a well thought out, seasoned argument. If this were a debate, I would have scored your group, the people that voted against it, of winning it. And and basically, it seemed as if the progressives on the other side, they wanted to end the discussion to me because they were losing the debate and losing the argument. I, I think that's a, a, a dead-on assessment. And, and it, was, it became clear that they were no longer interested in the debate going on because of exactly what you just stated. And, you know, one measure for us certainly is while we're doing what we're doing, we have these dang phones in our pockets, right, or on our desk, and, and people can reach us, and they do, whether it's Twitter messages, Facebook messages, or direct texts or emails. So the entire time the argument's going on, more and more people are engaging us saying, yeah, that's right, what about this? So we were clearly getting through the message that we wanted to to the people of Rhode Island, that, you know, that we felt they needed to hear, because they were reacting to it. And I think the same thing was happening on the other side where they were getting emails saying, hey, this is bad. You've got to stop. And, well, we're not going to have that. There shall be no open exchange of ideas in this chamber. We have predetermined outcomes only, folks. That's it. We shall not debate this to the extent where it might lose. That's how it runs in the building. So they, they did everything they could, including... In my time, an unprecedented maneuver of moving the question, which for folks who don't participate in parliamentary procedure, it's a it's a mechanism where someone can just shout out, I move the question or I call the question, and a vote must take place. Yes, there was a, 10 minutes of, of discussion after that, but there I had seven more amendments I could have put in. Wow. We could have kept going, but they shut it down. So the Democrats, the ones who love democracy, shut down democracy what were they afraid of were they tired did they want to get home like what what was what was their concern that we were having this debate um the, the, their concern was they were getting their butts handed to them by constituents on their phones just like i was getting patted on the back by my constituents on the phone yeah that's all it was now, folks, we're speaking with Representative Mike Chippendale. And, uh, Rep, I was covering their protest prior to that going in. They had a gathering. I don't know if it's a protest, but they definitely had like a rally protest. And uh, what people need to understand, and I captured it, and it was a Facebook Live, and I also put it on the website. But the way they talk, this is this legislation that they unfortunately successfully got passed, this isn't the end in their mind. Right? This is the beginning as far as they're concerned. Absolutely. You know, this issue for, for many of those folks, it's, it's almost a religion. Yes. And it's all they eat, sleep, breathe, drink, and think about is this issue. And to an unhealthy level for some of them. And, and I'm saying that because I get emails from them. I interact with them when they're in front of committees. Some of these folks are invested in this issue as if it was their, their religion. So, yes, absolutely. And when you, you look at this crop of progressives, who are we dealing with? We're dealing with people who, uh, a few short years ago, were, were on some protest line somewhere trying to cancel some business or boycott some, some, someone for saying something that hurt their feelings or whatever. And then they realized they could get themselves elected. And now they're taking their activism or their approach into the legislature and hell no, we won't go. It's, you know, like we hear that at all the protests, right? You know, that's, that's, that's the old line from the 60s. That's their mantra. If they come and they say, we want 100%, a normal legislative process would allow for a debate and somewhere we would meet in the middle and 50%, they'd get half of what they wanted, we'd get half of what we wanted. Progressives want, I want 100% right now. And if I don't get 100%, damn it, there's going to be health effect. And then tomorrow, I want another 100%. That's right. And then you know what? The next day, I have another 100%. And I demand, and they demand, they, they use that word. I demand that this be, what are you talking about? This is, the House of Representatives and the Senate is a body of elected individuals who discuss and debate ideas and do what's best for their constituents. It has been taken over to, to an extent, certainly the Democratic Party has been taken over completely by radicals, by progressive radicals who are insatiable in their appetite to invoke all of these, again, religious beliefs they have on issues that they just have blinders on. They don't look at anything else around them. Just the climate. This bill says it very clearly. 
whatever this little group of unelected people decides must be done. The language is in the law. Must be done. There's no wiggle room there. Nothing. It has to be done. And their only focus is the climate. So whatever it takes to hit those goals must be done. That's what this law actually states. So while it doesn't come out and say, well, we're going to... You know, we're going to ban all your cars that use gasoline, and everybody has to have an electric car, or you're going to have to convert your home. It doesn't say that in the bill. Of course it doesn't. But if we read the reports from the consultants that are, that we hired, the state hired on the issue, they tell us straight out, look, since 1990, in the past 31 years, we've only cut our emissions by 10%. They expect us to achieve the other 90% in another 30 years? How? The only way to do it is by going straight after the cars, yep. straight after the homes. It must be all electric. The, the reports from these, again, well-reputed uh, 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 institutions that the state themselves hired have told us this. But that's not in the bill either, because if it was, the bill would sink like a lead submarine. It just, it, it, it's political activism turned legislation. That's yep. all it is. Folks, we're speaking with Representative Mike Chippendale. And the other thing, Rep., you know, when you, people start to dig underneath the surface of some of this, for instance, if Bernie Sanders and AOC, Alexander, if they were in town, they would have been there cheering along outside oh, with yeah. Aaron Ruggenberg yeah. and David Morales and the rest of them. But with these people, some of the people that voted for this, or maybe someone that's listening doesn't understand is, see, to me, this crowd, what people don't realize is that their idea of what America should be. And what we envision it should be is is night and day. You know, they they think sure. taxes should be seventy five percent. They don't think anyone should own a car. They they don't think. See, they they don't think people would say, "How can you do the types of things we do with this in place?" They don't they don't view our country and our state the way most Rhode Islanders do. However, what they've gotten good at is they just hide it. They don't give you. They don't show you their full hand that they're playing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they're master strategists. I mean, remember, we're talking about community organizers slash activists. Yep. That's all they are. That's all they ever were. Never had real jobs. No. And then, again, got themselves elected, and they're bringing all of these uh, Pollyannish ideas forward as if they're going to save the world with the stroke of a legislative pen. And they, just, I mean, they don't even know how to balance a checkbook, let alone what the economic repercussions of something so broad and so vague can do to our state. They don't understand it because they haven't lived long enough on this planet in many cases to actually have the life experience to realize just exactly how this will reverberate through every aspect of human life. And, you know, they don't want to see it because it it messes with the the construct they have in their mind. Oh, no, well, I don't want to see anything contrary to what I believe because this is my religion now, so let's not look at that. You you know, you're you're, you're giving misinformation. I heard the word misinformation last night more times than I did collectively in my entire 52 years on this planet. Right. And every time that it was used, it was them talking about facts that we took out of the the Brattle report that the state commissioned. So all of this misinformation that we were given was nothing. They were deflecting. That that they, they, they were just doing the little word salad that they do, playing their games. Oh, it's misinformation. No. It's stuff you don't want to hear because it knocks the legs out from underneath this ridiculous initiative, period. Mm. Folks, we're speaking with Representative Mike Chippendale. Rep, here's the other thing that people need to understand. And folks, we're talking about this. To me, it's the Rhode Island version of the Green New Deal, but ridiculous, very aggressive climate bill that was passed yesterday. um, Is when we say they don't stop, what happens is, you know, they feel momentum, they feel empowered. And on top of that, they will now look to find either countries or other states that have something that goes even farther. So it's not like, okay, this was passed, and now let's just leave that emotion. This is where they begin. And now they want to make it more extreme over the next five years. Absolutely. I mean, they'd like to make it more extreme now. They have, they still have two more bills in the hopper that are equally, actually more absurd than this. Uh, you know, the, the usual shotgun approach, I guess. Throw as many things out there as you can. Maybe one of them will actually hit the target. And they hit the target on this one. Look, I mean, the legislative process is exactly what they did. You, you get support for an idea. You put the idea forward. Um, the idea goes through the process. The idea is voted on. That's the process. 
However, we're under extremely strange times right now. Last night, we almost had to stop what we were doing because our iPads were running out of batteries. We're in a very precarious situation. We should be focused on three things. Stop it. Stopping COVID. Stopping COVID. Yep. Um, education. Yes. And rebuilding the economy. Yep. And when we don't do that, and when we focus on all of these other superfluous things, we're detracting from the work that we were elected to do. Mm. And that's not... That's not why I was elected. That's not why they sent me down there. So I can't, with good conscience, do that. They can. That's fine. That's on them. Not for me. Now, Rep, when I know now people are saying um, the focus goes to Governor McKee, but if you could um, just take a moment, it's it's not as easy as said as done as far as, now granted, his family, his family business was in the oil with an oil company, but... If you could just touch on it, it, it's far more dramatic if a governor actually vetoes something. They don't want to do it all the time. Um, it, sure. it 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 causes bad blood. You have a you know Governor Kachiri did it a couple times. I I don't think Governor Mundo did it a lot. It's I I actually don't think it's fair to just throw this on Governor McKee. He has to veto it because then they could still do an end around. But it's it's something that. If he's already shown his cards that he would veto a moratorium on charter schools, you can't keep going to the well and saying that you're going to veto legislation. Well, I mean, the veto pen is certainly a tool of the process. It is a belt and suspenders on the legislature. Uh, It is there for a very important reason. Um, Just because they are attacking all of the things uh, that happen to align with potentially happen to align with Governor McKee's uh, philosophical and ideological leanings doesn't mean he should be limited on his on his um, veto pen. Right. And a perfect example on this is, you know, he's, he's, the bottom line is he's dealing with a political question right now. Yep. He obviously is going to run for governor in 2024. Right. Yes. And he has to make this decision. And I, if I could jump inside of his mind, I bet you this is something he's thought about. He's thought, well, I almost lost to that, that crazy kid who never had a job in his life, the trust fund baby. And if I vote, if I let this become law, then I'm going to win, you know, some of those people. And, and, and it's not going to be such a threat. I'm here to tell him that that will never happen because as we've been talking about for the last 10 minutes, you can't appease these people. No. They will never vote for him. No. They will never. But what he's going to destroy is the past two years of goodwill that he's built up in the business community. Because that man worked his tail off to, to visit businesses in every city and town, talk to them, what their ills are, what the, their woes are, what are the challenges, what can we do better as a state. And business owners were given hope when he ascended to the governorship that finally we have someone who cares about businesses, not cronies like the former governor. And so he has to make that decision. Do I want to try to appease this group of radicals who can't be appeased ever and will never vote for you? Or do I want to keep my base in place? And if he does not veto this, his base walks. He loses all of it. Nice to see you. He loses all of his base if they're gone. And I hope he understands. I hope he truly understands what's on the line politically for him when he considers this veto. Because his career is as governor is on the line with this decision. Mm. Folks, we're speaking with Representative Mike Chippendale. Rep, just for those that are tuning in, and listen, this this is not an easy piece of legislation to understand, but just if you could, if you'd be so kind as to, I would call it like the elevator pitch, which is, you know, you get in the elevator, by the time you reach the floor, you've explained it. Just so people understand, and especially business people, just so they understand what's involved with this. So, I mean, we have already existing this advisory climate council. I'm not going to get into all the acronyms. So we have this council, and they advise us on how we should make our emissions better and how we should hit these goals, and they create the goals, and that's all good. And they advise the legislature, and they've been doing that, I think, since 2013 or 28 when, when we passed the bill um, that created the council. Now this bill says, okay, this council now will be able to dictate to the departments in the state around the DEM, you know, all, all of these agencies within within the state, what they must do to achieve the goals that this council comes up with. And this council's only responsibility, and the legislation is clear on this, their only responsibility is hitting those goals. So whatever it takes, 
And then when they determine whatever it takes, those state departments and the state itself is bound and they have the full effect of law to do what the council recommends. So while the bill doesn't go in there and articulate all those things that, they, that they're going to do, again, these supporting documents, the bladder report, et cetera, do. And so what we expect and what everyone should rationally expect is that when this council gets in there, they're going to start dictating to departments in the state that you have to do this, you have to do that. And the cost of, of imposing these regulations is going to be paid for by home. Whomever that agency interacts with, if it's an attack on oil or whatever, but, you know, they can come out and say, the Rhode Island's energy portfolio must now be 80% renewable. That would be so difficult to achieve that we would be paying $15 a gallon for gas in our car. That's how vague this bill is. And that's why they were able to uh, call our amendments as out of order or not germane to the bill because the bill did not talk about those specific things. However, the bill <laughs> created uh, an environment where those exact things are the only thing that can happen. So, I mean, they outmaneuvered us on that one. That's great. Uh, to keep it vague, I guess that's, that's the way to do it. Nothing's germane. But this council will be dictating to the state what they must do by law. And they, there will be no legislative oversight. I won't, the people who elected me won't have a voice. They won't have a voice. We, we heard last night, well, this council, come on. They're going to have public hearings. It's going to be fully vetted. Well, guess what? The night after they passed this ridiculous bill in house uh, environment last Thursday was what's typically referred to as gun night in the state house, which is one of the most attended events in the state. So yep. all week, everyone's preparing for Friday, which was when hours and hours of testimony were were. were uh, ready to be had on, on all of these bills. They, because of the circumstances working under, nobody can go to the state house, right? We're all doing it from home. People would call in. They were given one minute and 15 seconds to speak on 22 bills. Oh, my and God. At, at the one minute mark, as they were talking on the phone, it would beep. At the one minute and 15 second mark, it would hang up automatically on these people. Wow. So if that's the kind of, oh, yeah, if that's the kind of open and transparent public uh, comment process we're going to oh, have. Wow. Thanks, but no thanks. That's yeah. not transparent. That's not clear. It's, it's, a, it's a farce. They're making a mockery of the democratic process that they claim to love so much. It is, I mean, it's, it's almost indescribable the level that they're going to. It's frustrating, of course, obviously. I'm freaking here in my voice. You know, you know, it's Rep, extremely frustrating, but this is one of those situations that I, I think it's always the most dangerous. And it's it's what I would call it's unaccountable power, which is they have power. But because of the way it's set up, they can't be held accountable. I mean, that's you no. know, that's like judges that have a lifetime appointment to the bench, even though in other states it's like they're elected. But one of the problems that we've had and we're speaking with Representative Mike Chippendale. When it was, you know, the power that the speaker held, and you really saw this under Mattiello and Fox, it was yep. they have this incredible amount of power, but they're not accountable to the people of the state. Their only job is to keep 40 reps happy. And the problem that this climate uh, bureau sets up is, uh, you know, th there's no, you can't, you can't do anything about it. They just... You know, this becomes the, the king's rules, yeah. and we, we cannot Absolutely. afford to, to slip back. Hey, I saw them yesterday. These these are the people that were at the protest yesterday out in front of the Veterans Auditorium before the vote took place. These are people that basically, they don't support capitalism. I've seen all of them and also the no. defund the police rallies. They don't believe yep. in a vibrant town. They, they, they're socialists, plain and simple. That It's socialism is what it is. And, and and that's what we will get, you know. I mean, you you talk about about this 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 uh, council and and the unelected people. And yes, there's administration officials from DEM, from you know, from uh, the Commerce Corp. But I have to remind everyone that something miraculous happened this year in the in the in the House. We changed our rules, which doesn't happen very often in a substantial way. We made a substantial rule change this year, and that rule change was this. We now have, in any committee in the House, we now have the ability to put administration officials under oath before they testify. And the reason why is because 
they did nothing but lie to us whenever they came before us in front of committees. This is not me slinging accusations. This is literally on Capitol TV. Anybody can go back and watch it during the rules debate. We said they lie to us too much. We need subpoena authority. Get them under oath. But then last night they're telling us to trust all of those wonderful people. Oh, come on. You know, they're for the government. They're here to help. They're good people. But you don't trust them enough that you have to put them under oath. So they talk out of both sides of their mouth when, it, when it's convenient for them. And that's all they did last night. They talked out of both sides of their mouths. Yeah. Well, folks, again, he is Representative Mike Chippendale. Rep, before I let you go, I'll also, these are my words, not yours. Um, I am personally, as a resident of the state and citizen, I am very disappointed in Senate Minority Leader Dennis Algier that voted in favor of this. And I am very disappointed in freshman representative Barbara Ann Fenton Fung that she voted in favor of this. If she had voted against it, it would have been 10 out of 10 Republicans voting against this. Um, you know, my my question to her is, you know, she needs to take a hard look at who she's standing next to as she's voting alongside this. Because the people that that I saw outside Veterans Auditorium yesterday afternoon before the vote, uh, Aaron Ruggenberg and the rest of them, I, I got to tell if you're on board with them, good luck. And you're not a member of the Republican Party. You know, I, I mean, I, I think elections have consequences, right? And and if if uh, their analysis of their constituents is correct, then they have nothing to worry about. Um, I don't agree with their analysis personally. Obviously, by the way I voted, I think that that's pretty clear. Um, so you know, I mean, buyer beware. We are we are what we are, and we are what we what we vote for. Um, I don't have to carry that cross. Uh, they do. He is, folks, uh, one of the good guys up there, Representative Mike Chippendale. Rep, uh, listen, came up on the short end, but good job. I appreciate your leadership. Uh, by the way, and finally, you know, you guys made, you made a very, very strong argument and an argument that needed to be heard. That vote should have been delayed. And, and I think, actually, you made the stronger argument not to do this. So I know it's not easy, but uh, as someone that follows this, pays attention, I want to thank you. And uh, even though it came up on the short end, there's nothing more you could have done. So feel good about that. Well, it's my pleasure. Um, and I have it's no trouble at all for me to fight for the right thing to do. So I will, you can always count on that from Mike Chippendale. All right. Rep, thank you. We'll talk to you again. Thank you, John. All, all right, right, folks. There it is. Representative Mike Chippendale right here on the John DePietro Show. And I'm telling you, one of the... The good guys up at the Rhode Island State House. Well, folks, at 1243, good afternoon. Good afternoon to everybody tuning in on uh, Facebook Live. I see Karen and Roberta and everyone else. Folks, again, find the page. It's John DePietro Show. Or you can listen, obviously, AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Let me ask you, if you, there's nothing fun about, well, we know that, but there's nothing fun about an auto accident. But if you find yourself in an accident, pick up the phone. And call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. I'm asking you, I'm encouraging you, I implore you that if for whatever reason you find yourself in an accident, I didn't say it was your fault. But if you're in an accident, call Kenny at West Fountain, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence, right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. I have brought my vehicle there. Last summer when the protesters uh, vandalized my vehicle and spray painted F the police on it and uh, kicked in the door. Uh, remember, there was the peaceful protesters that did that. And then it was uh, Black Lives Matter and Tifa smashed my side window of mirror. What did I do? I brought it to West Fountain Auto Body, and Kenny repaired it beautifully, 272-3340. He'll do the same for you, but maybe it's a fender bender or nearly totaled vehicle, or maybe it is a drunk driver or whatever. Maybe you're in a grocery store parking lot and someone hits your vehicle. Bring it and call West Fountain Auto Body. They'll handle everything for you. They're going to work for you, not the insurance company, West Fountain, 401-272-3340, 3340 West Fountain Auto Body. You know, the Providence Journal is reporting. I'm just seeing that apparently there's um, there's one more person left in Pawtucket. I went and covered 10th city inhabitants vacate, some with no place to go. I think there's one person left. The inhabitants of the 10th city, the West Bank, Seekonk River, have decamped. 
Uh, handful of people live one more night to stay at a small site. Oh, across the river near Division Street. So one person, Venus Almeida, he's 31. Uh, I need to ask my people for help. Um, lived in the Riverside camp for a couple of months, being told to leave Monday or risk being charged with trespassing. Whoa, they asked us to leave. We have nowhere to go. Well, before heading to the Love and Compassion Center on East Avenue to, to uh, take a shower and seek help. For Almeida, who does not own a cell phone, living in a shelter is not an option. He gets anxiety about others living there, can't keep food down. Um, the pink door to a small house one man constructed with wood covered with tarp hung on Tuesday remains in disarray. Now, I was there. I was there on, um, when was I there? Monday Monday afternoon? Yesterday I was at the protest. So then the journal went yesterday. All right. So um, its builder lived at the site for almost a year and a half. 60 other people were living there during the pandemic. On Tuesday, one man and his girlfriend who says she's immune compromised, can't stay at a shelter, plan to camp out on the streets. See, that's not a solution. That's not a solution. But when they talk about, and I saw all the trash there. Well, folks, you filmed it. All right, so I went there Monday. The journal went yesterday. Whatever. It's not the first time that they're following Juan. Uh, The Wanderer. uh, And don't forget, folks, on Facebook, we have Juan After Dark at night now, where we talk about some of the top stories of the day. Um, I want to also touch on, now we're going to speak with Leader Filippi, Blake Filippi, the House Minority Leader. We're going to talk to him coming up. Right after one o'clock, but I did want to play uh, just a quick update on the situation with the gunman, which uh, now they're they're starting to argue that he was acting like a white man. So um, let me just play. This was uh, this morning on Good Morning America, I believe. The yeah. investigators say Ahmed Alyssa legally purchased a Ruger AR-556, a pistol that looks remarkably like a small assault-style rifle that can accommodate a 30-round magazine. That purchase came despite the fact that some family members were concerned about his mental health. His brother telling the Daily Beast that Alyssa was paranoid. And the family member also allegedly told police that within days of that purchase, Alyssa was found playing with a machine gun in his home. Ah. ABC News has learned law enforcement officials are investigating whether Alyssa suffered from mental health issues. But this morning, the exact motive for the murder spree he's suspected of committing that left 10 people dead remains unclear. It would be premature for us to draw any conclusions at this point in time. Former classmates suggesting Alyssa may have been a ticking time bomb. Some telling the Denver Post that while Alyssa was often pleasant, he had a hair-trigger angry temper and once threatened to kill his peers. Police say he did not have a lengthy record, but investigators did point out that he was convicted in 2018 for misdemeanor assault, accused of repeatedly punching a fellow high school student in the face. This morning, authorities are searching through social media posts and assessing whether some are authentic, including the one posting on a Facebook page where someone identified as Alyssa claims he was mistreated because he was a Muslim and complained that he was being hacked. Ironically, a judge recently overturned a Boulder City Council law banning assault weapons, saying that state and federal gun laws superseded. But it's unclear if that recently purchased assault pistol was used in the massacre. So that was this morning on Good Morning America. And again, folks, the media has uh, completely jumped off this whole narrative that it was an angry uh, white male, angry white male that was involved in it. And then the New York Times, as I mentioned uh, last, the New York Times reported that he was known to the FBI. So known to the FBI. This whole business on the motive, if you're, I think a lot of times the motive is, what is the motive? Uh, I know there has to be a motive, but they search for the motive. But sometimes when you're, you know, a crazed, nut, deranged killer like that, I think the search for the motive um, is a little overestimated. Hey, folks, I want to remind you about Bethel Softwash. Now, spring is here. Let's make sure the outside of your home, let's get rid of some of the, the, I call it the dreaded green stuff, the algae, the moss, the stains. Bethel Certified soft wash. Free same day text estimate. Contact Jared 401 617 2585. 617 2585. The website is Rhode Island Soft Washing.com. 
Bethel Certified Soft Wash and Power Washing. Also, look for them on Facebook. But the before and afters are incredible. Take care of the outside of your home. Bethel Certified Soft Wash. It's biodegradable. It's plant safe. Low pressure. Contact Jared. Bethel Soft Wash. It makes a huge difference. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now, it's 1251. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. I, um, I want to play another. This is another uh, ABC report, this time from Matt Gunman on the, uh, the gunman. Investigators continue to gather evidence here. We're told it'll take them five days to process this scene. And we're learning those grisly, horrific new details about the shooter from a police affidavit that he bought his AR-style gun just a week before the shooting and that he stood over some of his victims and kept firing. Oh. According to the Boulder Police Department's arrest affidavit, the alleged shooter methodically marched through the store and parking lot where witnesses say he shot an elderly man and then stood over him and shot him multiple additional times. His 10 victims were gunned down both inside and outside the King Supers Market. It looks like we have an active shooter. Elisa, seen here being led away in handcuffs, was arrested following a shootout with police inside the store. And this morning, we are learning more about the victims as Alan Lisa fired off shots. Officer Eric Talley raced towards him. He was shot. You know, that poor uh, police officer who was um, first one on the scene. Now, folks, also, the White House is really under fire, as they should be, about the crisis at the border. Now, right now, it's 1252. Good afternoon. Maybe you're in the car and you just have stumbled upon the program. Hola, it is Juan. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays, folks. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipetro.com. Right now, it's lunchtime. You could head over to Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. It's Ron and Melissa and pick up a delicious sandwich or delicious calzones or pizza strips. Everything is fresh, cannolis and brownies, and they still have the Trump chocolate donuts. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, right next to AAA and um, uh, right off of Silver Spring Street. Let me go to uh, the situation continues. Now, keep in mind, tomorrow is the COVID briefing with Governor McKee, and it's also the Biden White House briefing. His first press conference as president is tomorrow. And meanwhile, the situation at the border is, uh, sounds very, very dire. New numbers in for you. Some 16,000 migrant children now in U.S. custody. That is approaching a record. That's why we're seeing this severe crowding in those facilities. Oh, the administration God. hoping to alleviate that crowding by opening some new centers. They're opening a new one here to house 500 children in Texas. The Pentagon is now looking at the possibility of housing children on two military bases here. You know, this, this is front burner issue right now Terrible. in Washington. It's on the president's agenda today. He's going to be meeting with immigration advisors. And Robin, now we've got two congressional delegations heading to this area on Friday. You're going to see both Republicans and Democrats touring facilities here. Hey, Cecilia, many are talking about your report yesterday where you met those two young boys who were traveling alone. Do you have an update for us? Robin, we were able to track down the grandfather of one of those boys. You'll remember the little boy who had the pink hat. His grandfather's number was written on there. Nine years old, Justin, he walked all the way from Honduras alone without a family with a 10-year-old boy there with him, too, who was alone. That grandfather telling us he's still not heard from immigration authorities. He did speak to Justin's mom. She is happy and relieved he made it safely across the border. Robin, they tell me that they're hoping to enroll him in school when he is released. Hopefully that will be the case. (laughs) What kind of mother sends their child... To walk for a month from Honduras to the United States. These are the people that are making their way. Why? Because Biden is president, folks. And take a guess, one of the states that is on the list. Notice all they have is a phone number. All they have is the phone number to try to reach. That's it. Try to reach the grandfather. So, yeah, I told the mother. All excited. All excited. All right, folks. Um, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. I'm seeing Lieutenant Governor finalists announced. All right. So the five finalists for the Lieutenant Governor position who will receive an interview with Governor McKee are Elizabeth Barrett Perrick.
She's a big Democrat fundraiser. Finalist number one. Finalist number two is Representative Grace Diaz of Providence. Finalist number three. Lieutenant Governor finalist number three, the top five. Former Mayor of Central Falls, James Diosa, moves on to the next round. Finalist number four. Finalist number four. From Middletown, Senator Louis De Palma. And, count the fi- and finalist number five. Five finalists. Lieutenant Governor position will receive an interview with Governor McKee is Providence City Council person Sabina Matos. There are your top five. Couple things that pop out. Elizabeth Barrett Perrick, I believe lives in, I think she lives in Providence. Number two, Grace Diaz lives in Providence. Diosa, Central Falls. De Palma, Middletown. Councilwoman Sabina Matos, she is the uh, president of the Providence City Council, who's not on the, so one, two, three are from Providence, one from Central Falls, one is from Middletown. So think about that. So now this other um, business, let me see. Um, Oh, okay. I'm seeing they're looking for someone. Oh, that's interesting. Involved with an assault. Uh, Providence police are searching for someone that was uh, seeking to ID someone. An attached photo, an assault that occurred at the Foxy Lady on the evening of March 3rd. Two male subjects assaulted outside the club. One of the victims suffered a serious head injury. Subjects in question fled the scene. Two separate vehicles. So contact the uh, Providence Police Department. So here is um, suspect number one, and I will do a, uh, this will be coming up on DePetro.com. There's a picture of one of them with the mask on. That first one is a pretty good photo. This person, uh, there's a picture of a man, looks like he has a beard on. And this looks like them when they're uh, maybe coming in. Again, I'll post these photos on um, on the website depetro.com. But that's a, a that's that that's a pretty. They have some pretty clear photos now, folks. I also want to point out that uh, the FL normally doesn't like to involve law enforcement. So the fact that two male subjects were assaulted outside the club, one of the victims suffered a serious head injury, on. Uh, Let's see. It says March 3rd. What day of the week was that? Which was a Wednesday. Was that Ash Wednesday? I'm not sure what it was. But anyhow. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We are going to, um, folks, good afternoon. And remember, I will have it up on the website. To P- and visit the website. Sponsored by Allstate Lock. AllstateLock.com. Get security cameras uh, or better locks. From Allstate Lock. Call them 349-0042. Here's what we're going to do. Good afternoon. It's John DePietro, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Next hour is radio only. You can listen to the program either on the radio or at the website, DePietro.com. We're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. Minority leader, House Minority Leader, Blake Filippi, is going to join me next hour. Plus more on the situation at the border. It's John DePietro right now. Stand by. Let's get the latest, the 1 o'clock news.